Hello from Auckland, New Zealand. It took me about 25 hours of travel to get here. I had to fly from Cusco to Lima to Santiago to Auckland. And the Santiago to Auckland flight is the longest single flight of this entire journey. It's about 12.45 in the afternoon on Saturday here in Auckland, and it is 7.45 p.m. on Friday night in Chicago. It's crazy that I'm a day and a half ahead. I'm also still kind of annoyed I lost a day coming here. My flight landed at 5 a.m., which is a very awkward time to arrive somewhere. In order to deal with that awkward arrival time, I booked an Airbnb for the night before I arrived, so that way I could go straight from the airport to the Airbnb drop my stuff and take a nap. After I rested for a little bit and took a shower and put a load of laundry in, I headed out for brunch and I just stumbled upon the cutest little French cafe and had one of the best eggs benedicts I've ever had in my entire life. The sad thing about traveling is sometimes you find the perfect thing, the perfect eggs benedict, the perfect cocktail, the perfect cachoe pepe, and it's somewhere that you don't get to go very often. And it's this treasured memory that you always have, but then at the same time, you miss that experience and you can't just go back and recreate it very easily. <laughs> the discovery of the perfect eggs benedict on the other side of the planet is particularly discouraging because Charles and I have been searching for a new brunch hangout ever since ours closed in October. My first impressions of Auckland are that it is really modern and clean. There are lots of pedestrian-only streets and walkways. There are a lot of open shopping centers and restaurants. It definitely feels like a city where you'd spend a lot of your time outside. I just got in this morning and whenever I'm feeling a little bit overwhelmed by a place, I find a free walking tour to do. So that's where I'm heading now. I like to do a walking tour because it helps give me my bearings on the city and it connects me with a local who can help me plan the rest of my time in the city. And then after that, I'm gonna do a little pub crawl to try some local craft beer. The walking tour was a really nice introduction to the city. The tour guide was named Darcy and he's a college professor. I was visiting right before the school year was about to start again. So this was kind of his summer gig. He wove in great stories and told us a lot about the history of New Zealand and significant places. I hadn't realized that New Zealand was the first place to give the women the right to vote. Based on the story that Darcy told us, a group of suffragettes went to the prime minister and said that if he supported them, they would vote for him in his re-election. It's a very clever way of getting the right to vote. Darcy touched upon old Maori legends of how New Zealand was discovered and founded. We learned about how there's a soil disease that is threatening one of New Zealand's native trees. And he talks about how possums are a huge problem. They were introduced to New Zealand, which had no native mammals, a fact that I found fascinating. The possums were brought in to eat other pests, but now they've become a big problem on their own. There are too many of them, and they're eating the baby kiwi birds. Apparently, there's a massive debate on how to deal with this problem within New Zealand. The tour was with the company Auckland Walking Tours. It was a free tour. You just tip at the end. And Darcy does host another tour. It's a history of drinking in Auckland tour. I think he does it one night a week. I'll share the info on my website.
The craft beer pub crawl was fun, but I didn't learn as much as I was hoping to. There's a big difference between a walking tour where you're listening to a tour guide the whole time and a craft beer tour where you're sitting drinking with strangers a lot of the time. The level of fun you have has a lot to do with the people you're with, and that's not in your control. I like to do beer tours every once in a while just because it gets me out at night, lets me interact with people, and I don't think that sitting around drinking in a bar by myself in a foreign country is a really good idea. This morning I boarded a ferry to Waiheke Island, which is known for its natural beauty and wineries. So I'm going to hopefully explore both today. The ferry ride is a quick half hour, super easy, and it gives you a great view of the city as you pull away. This island is paradise. I found my way to the beach. There's a huge bay and big sandy beaches and families hanging out. There's a lot of art galleries and ice cream shops in the downtown and there are wineries spread out all over the island. It's the kind of place where I feel like I could live here and fit right in. It's fall here or autumn as they like to call it. So there's kind of this sense that this might be one of the last really true warm sunny days that they get for a little while. It's like 70 degrees and hardly a cloud in the sky right now. It's the weekend weather that you always hope you can find. I'm at Stone Ridge Vineyard and a helicopter just landed here. This place is crazy. Today is Easter and there's an odd law in New Zealand that on Easter, I guess, you can only serve alcohol with food. So I'm on an island that's known for vineyards, but they're not doing tastings. You can only drink when you're eating food. So I just ordered a small feast. I just feasted on cheese and Syrah and lamb, and it was an incredible meal. Very full, and the hostess at the restaurant suggested that I continue taking the bus to one of the ends of the islands, to one of the beaches. And now I'm at Onetangi Beach, which is a big, beautiful beach. It's in a cove. There are people who are kite surfing and doing an excellent job. I'm incredibly impressed with them at the moment. It's that perfect time of day when everything seems to be slowing down a little bit and the light is just really beautiful. So far Auckland and Waikiki Island have been really easy to find my way around. The transportation's easy to get. It's just no fuss. It makes it easier to like the place. There were times in Peru that it just felt overly complicated and frustrating. <laughs> Nothing was straightforward. Even the airports were difficult to navigate and had bizarre rules. Like between connecting flights that were both domestic, you have to completely leave and go through security again. It just makes traveling a little frustrating. You feel worn out and confused, and there's none of that here in New Zealand. That sound is the rain pounding on the roof of a tiny little cafe. I am going to Hobbiton today, and the weather could not be worse. 
We're at a pit stop right now and I'm having a bagel and a cup of tea and I'm hoping the rain will let up. We have made it to Hobbiton. Unfortunately, the rain followed us here. <laughs> the sky does look really beautiful though. Maybe the clouds are gonna part. We're learning all about how the hobbit holes are different sizes for different scales, depending on which actors had to be in front of them. And we're learning that after Lord of the Rings, they tore it all down and then spent two years rebuilding it for them to film The Hobbit. And even though they spent two years building, they filmed here for 12 days. So Hobbiton is filled with plants. There are lots of flowers and vegetable gardens and they're all real, which is just crazy to think that they're still maintaining all of this. Hobbiton has a team of landscapers and gardeners that maintain everything. And there's 12 acres to maintain. There's so many plants and vegetables and fruits here that it attracts a lot of wildlife. So as you walk around, you're constantly hearing the chirping of crickets and birds. One of the most fun parts of Hobbiton is that the bar is real and the tour ends with getting a beer in the pub. I have come to Tepuya, which is a cultural center to learn about the Maori people. And the Maori people were New Zealand's first settlers. Tepuya is located on land that has a lot of geothermal activity. So you can see steam just rising up out of the ground. There's bubbling pools of mud. There are hot springs. There's a geyser. We learned a lot about how the Maori people used these natural resources. For example, they used the warm bubbling mud to treat a wide variety of ailments and they use the hot springs to help cook food. Also, while we're here, we got to see a cultural performance where they performed songs and dances. One of the highlights was when they performed a Maori love song. it's the most famous Maori love song. Te Puya also has an arts and crafts center and school, so you can see firsthand how different Maori arts are created. There are people who are carving wood, there's a lot of jade carving, there's tattooing, and you can actually watch the people as they're working in the workshops. Te Puya is in Rotorua, and often there are tours that combine Rotorua, Te Puya, and Hobbiton because they're all near each other. And that's exactly what I'm doing today. It's my fourth day in Auckland and my final day. I just packed up my Airbnb and checked out. That three night stay was the longest time I've been in one place so far on this trip. 
and it was really nice just to feel like I had a home base for a little while. Tonight, I'm taking a flight to the South Island where I will be staying in Queenstown. So this morning, I dropped my bags in luggage storage, got Starbucks, and now I've walked up to Albert Park. Albert Park is on a hill in the center of the city, and it's not a long walk from the wharf at all. It's filled with these giant trees. They have more branches on a tree than I've ever seen before. They go every which way. They fan out almost like a flower, and they're really twisty and turny, and they look like they're something magical. After my stroll through Albert Park, I went to go rent a bike. There's a new-ish bike path in Auckland. They converted an old highway on-ramp, painted it bright pink, and turned it into a bike path and pedestrian path. Grabbed a bike, rode the loop. It was really fun. It was mostly downhill. I felt like I was flying at some points, and I had the entire path to myself most of the time. I was disappointed that the entire thing wasn't bright pink, but it was a nice way to get a good view of the city and to do something that was a little bit active. I am flying from Auckland to Queenstown on New Zealand Air, and I was shocked when I realized that there's free wine and cheese on this flight. Apparently it's something they do on weekdays during happy hour. So cheers for my happy hour flight. I will be telling you all about the Southern Island of New Zealand in next week's episode. Overall, I really liked Auckland. It's a great city on its own, and it's a great jumping off point for different activities like Wahiki Island, visiting Hobbit Town, and going to Rotorua. I spent three and a half days in Auckland, and it felt like a great amount of time to be there. While Auckland is a city, it's smaller, it's manageable, and it's surrounded by natural beauty. It only took me 35 minutes to get to Wahiki Island, and I felt like I was so far from the city. It was very quiet and peaceful and had a completely different vibe from Auckland. I'm excited to explore more of New Zealand and to share it with you next week. Oh,